welcome to our storytelling conversation. My name is David Freyner. I'm here with Saul. And to use Pat Spaulding's phrase, this is the backstory part of our program. It's our chance to kind of peek in back of the curtain to learn about the story behind the story and the story behind the storyteller. A conversation about stories and storytelling. And tonight we're relaunching this segment with Saul. So again, Saul, welcome and we wanna kind of plunge right in. We've kind of begun this conversation already in a way. <clears throat> and you are from Connecticut and we had that story from the New Haven Independent uh, where Karen Ponzio describes you as a writer, as a playwright, as a screenwriter, as a teacher and a storyteller and also as a fan of the guitar. So you sound from her story like you're pretty much of a Renaissance person to me. You are a writer and, a and you teach writing. And so naturally the first question that comes to my mind is how did you in fact come to storytelling? Writing and storytelling are certainly related but they're not the same thing. And maybe with uh, your response, you might tell us a little bit about the guitar. Well, the, well the, I'll I'll tackle the guitar thing first because uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. You know, I I was you know I grew up you know in the in the early '80s in the sort of late punk rock post punk era. You know, and and I always wanted you know I had bands. I was a terrible singer, um, but I had a guitar, so uh, you know everyone would be in the band in my garage, practice in my garage because I had some equipment. Um, but I was not a good singer. Um, and I was not blessed with any musical ability, just like a lot of musical enthusiasm. So, um, but I was determined to play guitar for, for about a decade. And, and finally, I was getting okay on guitar. And one day uh, I came home from work and my wife had picked up the guitar. It was the first time she'd ever picked up a guitar. And she got better than me in one day. So at that point I said, I'm going to have to be a different kind of storyteller, you know, not a singer songwriter. Um, but, you know, that led me to want to do a, a storytelling series that would also incorporate singer songwriters. Um, but what happened with me with storytelling is 2013, uh, I was contacted by a, a theater critic who was running a storytelling show in New Haven. And I knew about his show, but I was never going because it was a Monday night and I'm a teacher. And he contacted me and asked me to tell a story in his show. So I, I wrote a story and I read it. Uh, and then I, I, I really, I love the, the personal storytelling thing that happened with that story. So for the next, um, I think it was almost two years, every month I would, I would go there with a different story but I would read the stories at first. For a whole year, I would read the stories and, and people said, that's really great, but why don't you just get up and tell it? And I said, no, no, I can't. I can't memorize stuff. I can't do it. I, I'm just gonna read my stories off the page. Um, but a year after my first appearance there, the Institute Library in New Haven, uh, a storyteller named Arnold Pritchard, they started having a, um, a storytelling training thing where they, they would train you to be a storyteller and then you do a performance there. Um, so that at that point, I started to, to tell 
uh, stories with no paper in front of me, no notes. Uh, I had been doing like a lot of readings and things uh, in New Haven and New York. Um, and so I started taking some of those stories that I'd written down and making them stories that I told. And then I started just creating stories that I told. And, and I got so excited about telling stories that for a while I didn't write very much. I was just creating oral stories. And that's why I say about about COVID, it was really helpful to like take the time to write down stuff again. You had mentioned the Buttonwood tree and Story mm -hmm. City a little bit earlier. Yeah. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Um, okay. I yeah. should just say that the uh, Buttonwood tree is in Middleton, Connecticut. Middletown, Connecticut. Yeah. Middletown, uh, Connecticut, of course, is the home of Wesleyan University. Yeah. And I'm an Amherst College graduate. Oh, okay. Wesleyan is a, one of our principal rivals. So anything that's right. that place in Middleton is a little bit suspicious. To that's me. true. <laughs> I think it's I think it's Amherst, Williams, and Wesleyan, that's, right? That's right. They, they each three. want to be the top of the three. That's um, right. Yeah, lately, we're lately uh, Wesleyan has been sort of at the top of the little three. So it's it's a few blocks from Wesleyan University, uh, and uh, it's it's a charming little space because it's one of those spaces that never decided exactly what it is. It's part cafe, part used bookstore, part performance space. I love that kind of a space. So it's a great energy there when you show up even before you you go on and speak. But what happened is I was in the celebration uh, thing that, that happens uh, one November. Um, I was telling stories with actually Wendy Marins who was here earlier. I think, I think she had to leave. Uh, but we were telling stories in celebration in South Windsor, Connecticut at a library. And the woman who was just starting Story City came and saw us and invited us all to tell stories with her. And that's been a wonderful community because it's mostly Hartford area storytellers. But because of starting with that, um, that one celebration, when Sue Huggins, who runs Story City, came and brought us, Story City's her group, Buttonwood Tree is the performance space, brought us to the Buttonwood Tree. Um, and we were three New Haven Institute Library storytellers. It created this sort of, um, this collaboration where since then many, many more of the Institute Library storytellers, including Nina Lasiga, who's here now and who you well know, um, have gotten involved with that group and have gotten involved with telling stories on the first new stories on the first Friday of every month. It's a great way to develop stories because Sue does not let you tell the same story, even if it's in a new form, any time within two years. So for two years, you have to keep coming up with new stories and then maybe you can develop them more elsewhere, but you have to always be providing new stories. And you mentioned your love of the guitar while not being very good at it. <clears throat> and I mentioned that because in my next life, I want to come back as Avi Kaplan, the former pentatonics bass singer. I sing bass. I'm really a baritone and I mm. can't hit those low notes the way he can. Uh, I love close harmony singing. Mm. And I mentioned all that, so because I believe that music lyrics, narrative poetry, and storytelling are, as the car guys might have said, three sides of the same two-sided coin. Mm. And I mentioned mm. that because you created the song, that's your show, Songs and Stories at Next Door. Mm. And I wonder if you could tell us some more about that. And 
what your particular approach was to combining story and song. The idea was to, you know, I, I was seeing two different types of audiences. There were audiences who were really interested in singer songwriters and there were audiences who were really interested in storytelling and New Haven didn't have as much storytelling going on as Hartford. Hartford, Connecticut has a lot of different groups that are pure mm -hmm. storytelling. Uh, and I was thinking about how can I bring together uh, different audiences um, that might be interested. I, I thought people who are interested in lyrics and in songs would be interested in hearing stories and people who are drawn to storytelling would interesting lyricists. Exactly. So um, the idea was to bring three storytellers and three singer songwriters together in an evening um, on the fourth Saturday of every month. It was the fourth Saturday of every month. And actually, you know, it's, it's on, there's a YouTube channel for it. Um, it. It has a stupid name because I never figured out how to make the name. I wanted to make the name Songs and Stories. It has like, it has a weird, it's like SD, SDF 06511 is the name because it's connected to my Gmail. But but there's a YouTube channel that has, you can see some some of the stories told there and some of the singer songwriters there. And also there you can see the, the ones that we've done online as well. So it's just YouTube slash SDF, my initials, 06511. New Haven and zip code. John will <laughs> probably post that in the school yeah. when we when we he had to re reproduce this. Yeah. I wanted to also ask you about uh, in the, her article about you, uh, Karen Ponzio mentioned that you tell a lot of stories involving foreign travel, like this yes. really a story in Poland, and she mentioned in the article that you have a story or a series of stories in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Does travel inform your storytelling in some special way? I'm curious. Yes, I um, I don't know. It, I it, it definitely I feel some for some reason more open to people, and people open up more to me when I'm in a foreign place. Um, and it, you know, I just through the years for various circumstances, I keep being drawn back to Ireland and different parts of Ireland. Um, and I keep, and I've I've taught. So besides teaching the Holocaust, I've also taught about the in my work and in my life. Um, and I, I, I just feel like something about being in a place, something about being in a place that you are not used to opens up something inside you and opens up something in the people who you interact with. Nice. So the the Irish piece is especially it's it's six different years in my life, different visits to Ireland, mm -hmm. and it's sort of like who I was at all these points. So it's like I call it an autobiography in six trips to Ireland. Thank you very much for that. We're coming down towards the end of our time together for this uh, conversation, and I want to ask as the last question, the question that I ask all of our tellers especially for newbies or people who are possibly considering trying out storytelling on our little Zoom stage. Any tips or suggestions you have you would offer to people? Um, what I was told early on 
was when I first told stories on Zoom, I sort of looked like this. I looked like I was looking down all the time. <laughs> so I would say, look, like if you have a laptop that you're on, look at that little light, because there's usually a little light right next to your, your laptop camera. Just look that way. Uh, don't look at yourself. Don't look at the other people. Look at the little light uh, where your camera is. I think that's my main thing about storytelling on Zoom or on StreamYard or any of those sort of internet storytelling mediums. Well, or for starting out to be a storyteller, any additional tips you might have? Yeah, I think, I think um, don't memorize. Um, just really know your story, um, outline your story, uh, and really know it well. Um, and take, take your time to tell it so that you don't sort of um and ah and put in too many ands and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and now I'm going to say um all the time. But uh, I, I think that I, I think that um, I think those those are the the main things. Um, I also think you know know what your beginning, middle, and end is, and know what you know. Matthew Dix, who's sort of like a theorist about storytelling, talks about like your five second moment. Um, and I think, I think there's something to that. Like know, like in every story, know what the five second moment is, know what the big, big payoff is and, and, and respect that moment. Give your most voice, whatever that means to that moment in the story. Thank you. Friends, this brings us to the end of our conversation with Saul. So thank you so much for sharing your story, your backstory, and your approach to storytelling. Your story was thoroughly moving, and I know we've all been touched by it. And we hope to hear more from you in the future. So this also brings us to the end of our program. Our thanks to our True Tales live crew and our storytellers whose names you will see on the scroll eventually. A round of virtual applause, please. And you can keep up to date with True Tales Live through our website, our Facebook page, and our e-newsletter, True Tales Times, which you can sign up for on our website. As Amy mentioned, our next show is February 23rd. And this February, we're trying something new. We're going to feature a single teller telling several stories. And we're going to kick off this feature with Tina Charpentier. So be sure to tune in. Our next workshop will be a week from today on February 2nd from 7 to 8.30 here on Zoom. And if you are considering telling a story, we do encourage you to attend a workshop. Uh, workshops are useful and fun, and you can sign up for one by Zoom on our website. Edited by John Lovering, tonight's show will be posted on PPM TV's YouTube website relatively soon, and it will be broadcast eventually on PPM TV. Tell your friends to look for it. That's it for tonight's show. My name is David Frainer. Thank you for zooming in. Thanks to our tellers and our crew and good night.